There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for rotten treasure. Hi. Hell. <laughs> 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 Okay, um, <laughs> welcome to Rotten Treasure. Uh, I'm your host, Jim O'Donnell. Uh, we watched Creed. I usually say that in the different order, but I'm going with it. <sighs> yeah, with me as always is the other host, Kai Bobby. <sighs> I love you, Jim. You're the best. Yeah, thanks, Kai. How oh, are you? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm fine. Yeah? Feeling fine. That was a Simpsons reference. I watched that episode last night. I watched The Shining last night. I've never seen either. I think I've seen, like, maybe five episodes of The Simpsons in my entire life. Um, I want to talk about that, but I will go on forever, and I want to talk to Jack first. Yeah. Oh, shit. I said the name of our guest. Uh, <laughs> it's normally... I, okay. We're bringing in a guest. Hi. Uh, he is a member of one of the best indie improv teams in Philly, Daddy Issues. He lives in Lansdale. Oh, hey, Jim. 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 What? You getting the same thing, Jack? Yeah. Okay, oh, okay. no. What's going on? You're like a robot. Oh, fuck it. Fuck off. All right. Hang tight. Well, actually, I don't need to pause. I, I can keep everything as it is right now. We can keep rolling and try to figure it out. But don't, don't pause audacity because we'd have to start everything over again. Yeah. You're back to sounding like a robot for some reason. Yep. Are you fucking kidding me? No, how do I how do I sound now? Still robotic. Same. Issue. You fucking kidding me? Oh my god! Internet stuff? Yeah, my internet has been absolute shit recently. I want this on the episode. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want, that could be part of the episode. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Well, I mean, to be fair, it's only going to be the Skype recording that's going to have that issue. Um. As long as we can understand you, that's the most important thing. Fucking thing sucks! <laughs> <laughs> there is something about a, a mostly off-mic rant that is hilarious <laughs> to me whenever it happens. <laughs> a, me too. <laughs> like whenever someone's just like, Fuck! <laughs> <sighs> All right, I think we're still in the episode. I think we're still in the episode. Uh, <laughs> You're okay with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. Let's go. <laughs> Let's roll, baby. All right. Do I sound fine now? No. no. <laughs> Are you kidding? Really? Nope. You got uh, to unplug to replug? I don't know. Did all that. Hmm. You didn't do that long enough to reclaim an IP address. No, I unplugged and uh, I could do that if you want. All right. We'll just record our own episode. That's fine. We'll, we'll see you in a bit. Start, start, start the episode. Start it. All right, I have to start it. Okay. <laughs> oh, hold on a second. We got a message from our dear friend Jim. Let's see what's happening to him. Is he alive? Well, my internet is now completely out. Yikes! Is this going to be one of those podcasts where we have to like apologize and then come back later? I'm so sorry, Jack. That's okay. Hold on. Let me. uh let me see if I can... I should at least... Let me call him at least. Um, hey, Kai. So I heard about this whole crazy thing. You call people on cell phones? Yep. 
I'm so sorry, Jim. Um, my idea was that if you had data, we could do a, a chat through phone situation. I don't even have that. Oh, wow. That's down. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I will tell you that Jack and I did record at least 10 minutes of just fun <laughs> introductions of how we met. Oh, um, um, if you would like, I also recorded 10 minutes of me yelling at my computer. Oh, great. We can definitely get a little bit of all of those. I'm actually still recording. I didn't realize the episode. <laughs> I'm still recording me, too. Yeah, that great. made sense. Uh, well, I'm not recording me anymore. Jack's not recording Jack. Hey, everybody. Kai Bobby here, the other host. We're going to go ahead and skip along to the point in which we got Jim back. Uh, these tech issues uh, had a silver lining. We got ourselves our first mini episode. Uh, so released along with this episode, be sure to check out uh, the Rotten Treasure, the tech issue edition. Uh, so you get an opportunity to listen to Jim lose his goddamn mind at the internet, as well as also me take a stab at trying to bring in our guest. And that went perfect. Uh, so without further ado, let's let's skip ahead, but be sure to check that out after you're done with this episode. All right, let's get back in it. Jim! 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 Uh, all right, Jim. So I did like, I did my take on how to do a proper intro but i feel like you should probably show us how it's really done are we are we starting that over are we doing that well i i didn't i did my best uh i want to hear how you would do jack's intro jack i feel like i feel like i did okay but i want it cleaner for the record i can do this i believe in you you're back do you need a minute no i'm good do you want me to redo the entire intro or just jack's uh, just Jack's intro. I want to make sure Jack's info got out there right. I got <laughs> silly and stupid with it. Okay, let's do this. Hi. Uh, let's start the same exact way. Um, let's bring in our guest, although you probably heard him for the past <laughs> ten fucking minutes. Uh, <laughs> without me. Uh, he's a member of one of the best indie improv teams in Philly, Daddy Issues. He lives in Lansdale with his lovely wife, Katie, their Yorkie Poo Bailey, and their three cats, Max, Puck, and Piglet. He is currently 2-0 and in schoolyard fights. It's Jack McDermott. Hi! Hey! <laughs> Hi, Jack. That was, oh yeah, that was, uh, that was, uh, that was awesome, Jim. Oh, Thank you. I, I cold-readed the thing you gave me. <laughs> <laughs> I did those my best. All... I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, those are all your words. Kai, say what you were going to say. Oh, I was just going to say, when I did mine, somehow it ended up sounding like the let's get ready to the rumble guy at the end. Oh, you mean uh, Michael Buffer? Yeah. I can never remember his name, but yeah, I, I can't help it. Uh, I just got excited. Uh, to be fair, no one can remember his name. Uh, I only know it because he's in Rocky. <laughs> uh so, sorry, Kai. Uh, what did I say? You sounded like you were doing. What? What's that? I said. I said you sounded like Michael Buffer. I know. No, no, his that's name. What he, no, no. That's yes. No, Jack knows. <laughs> yeah, no. That got pointed out for that. I honestly couldn't remember his name for the life of me. Because you said you were start. You started out sounding like a game show host, and then as you as you picked up speed, it went from game cool. show host straight into Michael Buffer. Mike Summers into Michael Buffer, right? Mark, <laughs> Mark Summers, but okay. <laughs> Philadelphia legend Mark Summers. That's right. And also, one time threw a pie at uh, Burt Reynolds. What? Oh, yeah. It's a very famous clip of... Uh, he went on the... I want to say it was The Tonight Show or David Letterman. But I think it was The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Um, 
him and Burt Reynolds were on the same show, and Burt Reynolds was really salty because he was, like, going through a divorce and, like, had a bunch of things happen. And then Mark Summers made a joke about his divorce. So Burt Reynolds threw a glass of water in his face. So Mark Summers threw a glass of water in his face. And then they were both were like, they both went to commercial. And then they looked at each other and were like, this is really good, like, entertainment. I'm kind of mad, but, like, this is also good entertainment. (laughs) And then they just threw pies at each other. (laughs) And Burt Reynolds fucking nails him in the face he was like got him <laughs> nice just walked off set he's like fuck you i win in Basically. keeping with the tradition of the last couple of episodes uh to keep the conversation away from the movie we're here to talk about yeah, my little yeah. brother was on double dare oh no shit. no way yeah was his team the bodacious tatas uh no they were poison oh after the band after the band <laughs> oh, oh that's great how'd they do uh, they did not complete the final obstacle course, but they came home with some lovely prizes, including uh, a Conair alarm clock that I wound up with into college. Nice. Actually, no, I think I was in college when he did it, because I, I seem to remember like gathering around my dorm room, common room, with all the people who lived on my floor to watch my brother you know, jump into a pile of mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah. <sighs> I just watched that... Uh... That document, like the Orange Year documentary on, uh, on mm. Hulu about uh, Nickelodeon, and boy, was it fun to kind of like deep dive into that. Oh, Double Dare, it was so amazing. The age of Double Dare was everything for me. That and like Nick Arcade, those were like two of my favorites. I couldn't help you, myself. I wanted to. You be can't on do that on television. Little, little before my time, but yeah, I did watch it. I've never watched it, but is it is it really out there or no? Um, it's like. Nickelodeon it's very it's like it's the foundation of what Nickelodeon was in the 90s it just was in the 80s yeah not gonna give it a full watch it's a it's good if you ever liked those things although it's no global guts like (laughs) that was the best (laughs) show ever (laughs) with uh with Mark no what Mark Mike O'Malley Mark Mike O'Malley I can't I'm doing a hard time with Mark and Mike's today uh Star of uh, Yes, Dear. Yeah. Oh, my God. What a what a choice. Not. <laughs> oh, he was great. Anytime he had to say, let's go to this. <laughs> let's go to Mo with the scoreboards. Mo. I love it. Well, if they ever do bring back the show, Jim, I would say audition. Yeah, that's what that's what they want. Just some guy. <laughs> Hello, I'm local Philadelphia comedian, Jim O'Donnell. Uh. Hi. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You know, really likable. Seemed like a nice guy. Really really approachable. I think we should have him on. Uh, This is the aggro crag. Uh, (laughs) Mo? Mo hasn't worked here in a very long time. (laughs) Mo is long dead. She's not dead. She's long dead. (laughs) Hey, uh, Jack, I kind of almost asked you this last time when we were having uh, our first... Uh, our podcast, just with the two of us. Yeah. Um, Jim, do you want to ask the famous question? Yeah, I would love to. Jack, what's your relationship with the Rocky movies? Hey, here it comes. Um, I, I mean, I grew up when these movies were coming out. I didn't see the first two in the theater because I was probably a little bit too young. But 
I grew up on a block with somebody who had like the first Betamax on the block. And one of the movies that we watched at their place was the first Rocky movie. I was fascinated by the, you know, when, when they cut Rocky's eye lid open with a, with a razor so that he could keep fighting. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Rocky two, uh, I think I saw that we had just gotten cable, but here, here's a weird kind of artifact of time. Uh, are either of you familiar with photo novels? That is a negative. I am going to make up what I think photo novels are. And I imagine it's like a book that's a picture book, but like Harry Potter where the pictures move. <laughs> no, but it's – I would say the equivalent today, it's like somebody tried to make cheap graphic novels by just taking screenshots of the movie, abridging the movie, and putting text bubbles on them. Okay. So it and I, so I had a photo novel of Rocky too. Oh, nice. Oh, um, I I had a couple of those that I just didn't know they were called that. Yeah. Uh, so I, I was definitely into them. And then as I got older, you know, I remember I remember a hot summer day when we went to the theater because we had no air conditioning. So we went to the theater to sit in the air conditioning and watch Rocky three. Nice. Uh, um, <laughs> Do you grow and, up in a meatloaf song? <laughs> No, but you know, we're, you know, when the house I grew up in had no central air until much later and the room I was in only had one window. So, uh, myself and my brother shared the smaller bedroom, which had one window. Uh, and then my two younger brothers were in the bigger bedroom that had two windows so they could have a window unit. And, uh, so yeah, when it got hot and you know in the summer, that's what a lot of people do is they go to the movie theater, sit in the air conditioning. And I remember this one summer that was that was the movie that we went to see was Rocky Three, um, with you know because because I remember the classic you know the running along the beach and then the classic movie ending on the you guys have talked about these with other people. Oh yeah, uh, no, well I love this fucking movie. So yeah, yeah you can I keep talking this. about it. <laughs> I love this gay porn. The movie that ends you know <laughs> it, it it ends with the punch in the private fight. Yeah, uh, Rocky Four. I saw in the theaters, and that—that's where I started. My relationship started to turn away from them because uh, Rocky Four was okay. Rocky Five, I, you know, I think by this time I was like, I'm over Rocky. And then we all were. From yeah. from here on out, Rocky became a thing that I would watch occasionally when there was a marathon on TNT. Some yep. weekend, I'm like, oh, I got up early on a Saturday, and they're halfway through Rocky, so I can see Rocky too in about a half hour. I'm going to make some breakfast. Yeah. I like um, the idea of you. You got up early, and they're halfway through Rocky, like three, and you're like, Jesus, did they start this at three a.m.? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's that's kind of my relationship with this the franchise, mm. and that so I kind of fell out. I mean, I didn't see Rocky Balboa until much later because I was burnt out on the movies from before. Yeah. Really liked the movie, uh, and then uh, when Creed came out, I didn't see it in the theater. But as uh, as soon as it was available on iTunes, I was I was getting ready for a business trip, so I downloaded it so that I could watch it on the plane, uh, and I thought it was brilliant. And that was a couple of years ago, uh, I guess 2018, 2019, when it came out, because I know it was in the theaters in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it uh, but it came out on home video, I think, uh, you know, uh, 18 or 19. And uh, yeah, so I was uh, I, I've really enjoyed the newer films. I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I also was I was on board with Rocky Balboa. I mean, 
Jim and I will get into this into the recap episode that specifically Jack and you you and three other people as Patreon <laughs> Patreon supporters will listen to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about it but, now, so you can but listen not to it if later. You sign up and pay us money. <laughs> Join me, listen. people. Join yeah. me. Patreon.com slash Rotten Treasure. Come on, people. Jack, isn't it fun to vote on, on the episodes? Yeah, it is. Wait, I'm not turning this into a commercial. Anyways. <laughs> I like you answer Jack's question for him. I just can't let him. I just don't want to go down that road. I don't want to do that. Uh, it's a lot of pressure, actually. It really is. I got lost on my commercial. Jim, help me out. What were we talking about? I have no idea where you're going with that. <laughs> you were talking about something with Rocky Balboa because of the recaps. Oh, um, yeah. So, I actually like I was I was on board with this movie. I, I I felt that it was. I mean, hell, we've even talked to to Drew about Rocky Five, and even Rocky Five, I thought it was wasn't as bad as I anticipated. And then Rocky Balboa, I thought was gonna suck. I thought it was gonna suck very bad. Uh, but it was a great buffer for the Creed franchise, which mm. is way fucking better, and I I love it. <laughs> yeah, you know, one of the things that I did uh, is. I rewatched Rocky Balboa mm-hmm. mainly because I wanted to kind of get into that that bridge because there were so many cool things about that movie that were done story-wise. I mean, I love the relationship with his son in that. Um, I was confused by bringing back Little Marie because nothing ever happened with that. But I loved, you know, and I, I remember reading that, you know, originally Talia Shire was supposed to be in it. And then she and, Rock, she and Stallone together decided that he needed to be a broken man from the beginning. So, so she had to be gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really thought that was a great way to get into the world. And then I thought that Creed served that existing world. I mean, Ryan Coogler had the perfect opportunity to build a new franchise, mm-hmm. but he linked it into the, the connective tissue of the movies that had come before in a way that I thought was, um, that that was appropriate. It wasn't. It wasn't just fan service, uh, and it also propelled the story forward. And you know, we've got Creed two. Supposedly, Creed three is coming out, directed mm-hmm. by uh, Michael B. Jordan. And oh, shit. oh yeah, really? Awesome. That's, it's going to be his directorial debut as it stands right now. And I, I think you know, and uh, it has been announced. Stallone announced he's not going to be part of it. He won't be in yeah. it. So it's. It's not such. It's not going to be such a whiplash change because they did this. I think really, really efficiently. I mean, you can you can resurrect a franchise and really fuck it up. Oh yeah. And oh, I yeah. don't think I don't. Th- I think they did really well with it. I think it was very tactful. You could tell. I mean, just the the playing uh, like Creed the the like. You could either be annoyed by the fact that it's like playing off of the first movie from Rocky. Like, like, like little, like, you know, oh, wow, he made it to the fight, but he didn't win. Uh, mm. You know, a lot of the, like, the pacing of the film in general kind of goes along with Rocky. Or you could be like, oh, that's a really fucking solid choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a re- it, it's a reboot. Yeah. And, and yeah. it, it's such a standalone thing. Like, I think anybody could watch this movie and be like on board. Yeah, I've heard about Rocky. Sure. Show me Michael jo- B. Jordan uh, beating the shit out of people. That sounds fine. With his shirt off, because a lot of people seem to like that. I am attracted to Michael B. Jordan, yes. <laughs> So's Katie. It, it, it's, what's, what's funny is um, about Michael B. Jordan is, is Katie and I are huge fans of The Wire. 
Mm-hmm. And he's so, and he is. He's in the first season as a little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, shit. And yeah, he's and um, he, he's Wallace, isn't he? He's Wallace. Yeah, and he's he's a a uh, a hopper. You know, p- part of you know one of the the area you know drug dealing gangs that are managed overall by Avon Barksdale, who is played by Wood Harris, who is in this movie. Yeah, he's Lil Duke. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's Avon Barksdale, right? And yeah, so so um, it's 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 we're we were kind of laughing to ourselves seeing him be. Oh, we know that's a little Michael B. Jordan. He's a, he's a little kid, and he gets shot in the room, and it's so sad. And and then he's now he's like Michael B. Fucking Jordan. Yeah, he's not fucking around. Oh, Jim, you like trivia? Sure. One of his first roles, I wrote this down because I did not know this until uh, until just recently, but one of his first roles uh, was he played uh, Reggie Montgomery on All My Children. <laughs> and he, he, he played the role from uh, in, from two, 2003 to, for a couple of years. But the person who played Reggie Montgomery before that, Chadwick uh, Boseman. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Wow, he re- it, he really took on the Black Panther name. He that's he, right. He defeated him. Killmonger, for... Killmonger beat the Black Panther and took over his role on All My Children. That's his name. I've kept saying War Machine in my head, and I was like, "That's not it." I think that's a different guy. Yeah, I can, honestly, I'm really bad at keeping track of the Marvel uni- Marvel the Marvel universe. Yeah. Well, there there are other Marvel connections in this movie. Oh, hit me with it. Yeah, please do. Well, we obviously we we we've got Michael B. Jordan as Killmonger, uh, uh, and Ryan Coogler directed. Ryan Coogler uh, directed because let's be honest, Ryan Coogler got the job for Black Panther because of Creed, because this is his directorial debut. Huh. Well, no, because Fruitvale Station was before this. I believe they specifically called out Creed, though. Oh, I'm I'm sure that's why he got it. But Fruitvale Station was highly critically. He got Creed because of Fruitvale Station. Yes. Um, but yeah, so Michael B. Jordan was in that, um, uh, the same director, same music. Uh, I forget the guy's name, the, the Swedish guy who was like Kugler's roommate in college and has done the music for all the other things that he does. He also awesome. used to do, he, I think he still does the music for, uh, Donald Glover for, uh, yeah. he's been working with him for a long time. He also used to do, yep. uh, commu- uh, music for community because of him, because exactly. he him through Donald Glover. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Sylvester Stallone was in Guardians of the Galaxy Part 2, Stockar Ogord. Um, Tessa Thompson was in the Thor movies, Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wood Harris was uh, Detective Gale in Ant-Man. Was he? Oh. He was the partner of the new husband of Paul Rudd's wife. Huh. All right, so... What you're telling me is that we're going to start doing Rotten Treasure Trivia with Jack McDermott. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a live Twitch show. (laughs) After every single franchise. (laughs) We forgot to to introduce the section. Uh, Kai, if you could, uh, we'll do the introduction now and then we'll put it at the beginning. Uh, Just uh, indulge me for a little bit. It's a... Oh, for the, for this, for this particular segment? Yeah, yeah, this is, uh, of course this is, uh... oh, you mean we're going to start... Rotten trivia with Jack McDermott. 
I don't the air horn. I like the idea of a song going on for way too long. Terrible song. It's like a Pink Floyd song. It just goes on for 25 minutes, and you're just like, when are they going to get to the trivia? I feel that way, as well as also Explosions in the Sky. Both of those bands, I'm like, just finish the damn song. Oh, God. I used to I used to be a really big fan of prog rock from the 70s, and I listened to so many songs that are like 20 minutes long and being like, I do enjoy this. You know what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to listen to The Whipping Post by... Uh, the almond brothers i'm big fan eat a peach come on guys no nope. these are all would you call the brothers. almond brothers progressive rock no nah, they're they're jam band but yeah. uh but I, I used to listen to a lot of really really long songs and like, let me tell you they're annoying like yes anderson Bru- or not uh, no yes um marillion uh-huh. old genesis oh yeah I never really got too much into Old Genesis until later, uh, because they were too folk for my taste at the time. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I'm, but pr- probably the late Gabriel, early, mm-hmm. early Collins years before they went before Abacab when they were you know writing three minute songs. Yeah, they. My dad one day gave me. So he like gave his record collection away to a friend and then one day he took it back from him to give to me because that guy sold half of it. And my dad was like, oh, well, if you're just going to sell it, like give it back. And then uh, he specifically pulled out a bunch of records and was like, here, I want you to listen to these. And one of them was uh, some of Genesis's original albums. Okay. The Peter Gabriel stuff, which I love. Yeah. Someone once brought up to me, uh, what's better? Who's better, Peter Gabriel or uh, Phil Collins? And I have a very specific opinion on it, and I wonder if either of you share that opinion. So, Jack, say it. <laughs> Who's better at at what? At being the lead singer of Genesis? See, or, that's the question. I think Peter Gabriel uh, is the much more accomplished intellectual musician. Um, I'm not a fan of, you know, uh, the, the first Genesis album uh, that was you know the the one that was you know from from Genesis to Revelation. Um, I like some of the later Peter Gabriel stuff. I'm a huge fan of Peter Gabriel's solo stuff. Uh, and so if you're giving me no other qualifiers, I'm gonna go with you know the Peter Gabriel concert films that I constantly watch uh, again and again and say I'd take him over Phil Collins you know every day and twice on Sunday. Jack, you basically had the same opinion as me, which was uh, Phil Collins was better at being the lead of Genesis, but Peter Gabriel was a much better solo artist. Fair enough, yeah. You know, Jack, I see your true colors now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kai, I'm sorry. Is that? Do you have the opposite opinion? No, I have zero opinion because you guys are starting <laughs> your own separate podcast. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> I do this sometimes, the guy where I, I'll talk to the guests about music, and then they'll just be like, can we talk about, like, the movie or something? I don't know. Welcome to the new podcast no, on no. Prog Rock called I, Off on a Tangent by Jack and Jim. I welcome it. I am always open to learning and finding shit that, honestly, there's so much stuff that I've just missed out on because I've always listened to music. I think a lot of people do this, just whatever your friends are listening to. Um, but I feel like I missed out on a lot of, like, classic shit. 
Um, I don't know, because I was kind of douchey by listening to the classic stuff when I was a 13-year-old boy, because I was that kid that was like, uh, I listened to only stuff from 1977. And then everyone else is like, just listen to Fergie, for God's sakes. Trust me, at one point, I made it a big deal to all of my friends that my favorite Pink Floyd album was metal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that is the douchiest uh, one. That is the douchiest pick, but also, that is their best album. It's so fucking good, everyone. It's <laughs> very dude, good. San Tropez is my shit, dude. I will <laughs> listen to that anytime. One of these days? Like, come on. That's so good. Fearless? <sighs> Seamus? Yeah. Echoes? Um, I will also... What's the other I- song? Sorry, I, oh, I can't remember the last song. One of the first songs I learned on bass was not Smoke on the Water, which is the first one that everyone learns. Uh, it was one of these days. Oh, really? I, I, because it's do, 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 it gets intricate. One of my favorite parts about that is it's played by it's played on two bases and one of the bases is slightly out of tune. It's a it's a really old bass that they couldn't like keep in tune. Oh. That's why it that's why it sounds kind of off. I need to I need to give my bass away. I think after a decade of it sitting underneath underneath my bed, I think it's time to say goodbye to it. Um I got to retire officially from my 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 sweet band days. I do I was, that every yeah. couple of years or every maybe about every 8 years. I'll say I want to get back into bass again and I'll go mm. and buy a bass and I'll play it for 6 months. And then I'll think, I need to sell this bass. <laughs> yeah. You're like, um, it's just not, for me, I just wish that I got a guitar because at least that's fun to play by yourself. I understand it's fun to play bass along with some stuff, but to me, I never had the motivation to just like pull it out and just like play around. I played bass extensively for like two years, but that was also because I was in a bunch of bands. And the only reason you should have a bass is as if you're in a band. Otherwise, have a guitar. And then just, like, if you're like, ah, shit, we need a bassist, have a bass. Go get one. I wasn't clever enough to learn guitar chords, so I played bass. Yeah. To be fair, now that was I, I had to, like, look them up. (laughs) I love myself some tabs. I felt so bad for my my bass teacher because he was, like, really well-informed in just the history of music and had all this wisdom and knowledge to bestow upon me. And I was just this idiot, like, 21-year-old who was just coming and blazed out of their mind, doing that last-minute homework, like, 30 minutes before showing up, and just being like, Make me a genius at the base now. I want to be Yako Pastorio, but fucking right now. And instead, no, he just, I was, I just remember being like, just, just show me how to do it with tabs. Just give me the tabs. And then, <laughs> He's like, no, but you gotta feel the music. The only time I've ever felt the music, and we've talked about it before, is I really, I wonder if I could still play it now, is just that birthday song by the Beatles. I have such a fun time playing that. Like, it's such a fun time. Yeah, I used to play that on bass, too, because it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to do with your fingers. Yeah. I used to do the bass from uh, that stupid anime show that I that everyone loves, Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say stupid. I watched the whole thing and I I liked it, but not as much as everyone else. Um, the one that's like do 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 do. Are you are all right? Me and Jack are on the same page now. Jack, you and I can talk about how dumb that is, and we don't know what that. No, honestly, I've been told to watch it. Yeah, I've been told to watch Cowboy Bebop. So I'm calling Nick. 
Why not? Let's, let's have more phone calls on this episode. <laughs> Hello, Thro- Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'll hold. Nick, Nick has a secretary. <laughs> oh god. Nick's office hot up. I I missed anime growing up. I I missed the 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 peak years or I missed I I missed that that kind of keystone show that would get you into anime. Yeah. I mean, the closest I got to watching anime and even this I was watching it because my little brother watched it was Star Blazers. I really thought you were going to say Speed Racer. Well, Speed Racer I watched because it was on Channel 17, you know, and options were limited, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it just was another show. It like I I did you even know it was a Japanese show until like later? No, no at, at the time absolutely not. No. I didn't think so either. And I was a big like Dragon Ball Z fan and like I knew that was from J- Japan, so I knew that animation came from Japan and I just thought Speed Racer was just another show. No, the, the, the Japanese shows that were popular, and they were still in UHF um, when I was growing up, were uh, Ultraman and uh, Johnny Sacco and his flying robot. So they weren't anime. They were, they were live action. But that was, the, that was the Japanese entertainment that was, that was on TV when I was in my formative TV years. Yeah, then Dragon Ball Z came along, and then everyone was... Dragon Ball Z and Power Rangers was really when everyone was like, oh, Japan... I used to, I used to fucking for the longest time. I absolutely loved Power Rangers, and I remember being fucking livid when my mom started. Uh, she used to, she started to offer to for me at the point at this point a fi- uh, fifth grader to walk a second grader to school, <laughs> and she had to come to my house beforehand, and she switched Power Rangers over to bananas and pajamas. Otherwise, she would flip the fuck out. Um, so here I am. I think what what's fifth grade ten. Good question. Yeah. Yes. Is 10? Right. So I'm fucking losing it on the seventh grader being like, fuck this fruit. I didn't say that, but <laughs> I don't like that it's in pajamas. I don't appreciate it having nighttime in a little stupid little gown. I don't care that they're coming down the stairs. <laughs> I hope they trip. I hope they fall. I hope they split themselves. Yeah. Oh. I don't know. Would you write but, that when you were 12 and then no. or 10? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was. And you've the just worst. been waiting for a podcast to show up so you can make a banana split joke. I wish I could remember this person so I can call them out by name for ruining uh, my morning routine. But fuck it. I, then I got to go to junior high and have all my hopes and dreams crushed, and then stopped watching Power Rangers. Anyways, I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers because one time I drop kicked my sister and uh, <laughs> probably yelled uh, "Mighty Morphin Power Rangers" as I did it. And then my mom was like, "Guess you're not watching that anymore." Okay. Let's pull back. You drop kicked your sibling? Yeah, yeah. I probably was standing on top of the couch and went, uh, it's morphin' time, and then jumped off the couch and kicked her in the mouth. Well, these things happen. I honestly, I don't, I didn't have a sibling close enough in age to get into these kind of shenanigans. Yeah. She, my sister was 18 months older than me, so, like, it was a different, we also used to wrestle all the time with my cousins, uh, who were, like, eight years older than me, but... We would, like, move all the couch cushions and then, like, surround an area and then be like, all right, we're going to do this. And then we, like, choke slam each other, but we never hit the cushions. We always just went right onto the floor. Oh. And then someone would be like, he's going on the ropes. And then they'd be like, can you smell what little Jimmy is cooking? <laughs> <laughs> 
And then it was nice. It was a pot roast. I'm a very responsible child. I'm actually feeding all of these children. And I'd be like, it's pizza. I ordered it with my parents' money. <laughs> uh, can we talk about the movie a little bit? I do want to sure. bring some stuff in. Yeah. Um, can we talk about how Polly's an alcoholic even when he's dead? <laughs> Jim, he's, not dead in, he's not dead in this movie. He's about? dead he's... in the next. He's dead in the next movie. No, he's dead in this. No, one. he's dead in this movie. No. Yeah. Yes. You're thinking about the difference between Rocky Balboa and Creed. He. No. He died yeah, in... you're right. Yeah. He I'm died thinking in this about. One. I. I was thinking that in this movie was the one where is the scene where he goes, "Come on, Rock. What's? It's not a. It's not a. Uh, it's not a ice skating rink anymore. It's nothing. It's just a pile of rubble." I was no, thinking that about was, that. That was Balboa. Yeah. Ugh. I love My the favorite. Rocky... Oh, go ahead, Jack. I'm sorry. I thought you were done. I was going to say my favorite thing about that scene is going back to what I said before about it not being fan service and not being exploitative is first I love the callback, though, of, you know, same same cemetery. Rocky still has the chair up in the crook of the tree, except this time he's visiting Adrian and Pauly. But at this point, Donnie has already asked him to train him, and he said no. And they have the shot of... You know, let's see what's in the news. And they've got the shot behind Rocky looking at the two tombstones. And then the shot changes to facing Rocky. And you can see over his shoulder there's a hill. And the absolute cliche move would be to have Donnie show up there. Oh, I see, you know, I see what you're doing. I'm just trying to. Uh, it's, it is so. I, I, I was so disappointed that it happened, that it didn't happen, that I was relieved that it didn't happen because like, okay, so they're not going to go cliche stuff here. This is this is a moment that is its own moment and is not there. It's there to drive Rocky's story forward. It's not there to drive the plot of the movie forward. Right. I am. I apologize for interrupting. No, you're good. I was just happy to to bring up the fact that I thought it was ridiculous that Rocky put like booze on his tombstone. <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, this is what all you meant to me. This was your. <laughs> You had, had to one sum up your identity as a character in this entire franchise. It's that you're a fucking raging alcoholic. Here's your booze. Well, in Balboa, he would come into the restaurant and just steal a bottle from behind the bar anyway. So oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I honestly, I, whatever. They decided not to get rid of him early enough in the franchise, so they just had to stick it out. But he was just one of those characters that i didn't i didn't never had a redemption for i was just like no he's just he's just a dude that suffered and never really bettered himself he's, he's just a guy that gets more and more racist as the movies yeah. go on <laughs> right it's terrible i'm okay i'm okay that he's done i'm okay that he's gone goodbye polly you're not part of my life anymore i thought it was cool to see that uh they also they also really gave some nice uh up-to-date kind of Philly shout outs in this movie, you know, compared to some of the Philly shout outs that were in the first movie. Yeah. Uh, because, because the whole franchise is a Philly franchise and, you know, the whole idea of going up the Rocky steps and the Rocky statue being this, this meta thing that is a fictional character, but also, uh, you know, in, in the, in the environment of the movies, people go to the Rocky statue. Mm -hmm. uh, but you had stuff like, uh, you know, in the old movies, you had the Italian market and things like that. And and here, you know, we've got Johnny Brenda's. We got the Electric Factory. Yeah. Uh, we've got Max's. We've got uh, Tessa Thompson explaining John. Yeah, actually, yeah, I like that they explain John. <laughs> I fucking hated that because nobody seriously says John. I've been here fucking. 
25 years and everyone that I know says who says John says it sarcastically. <laughs> I've never met anyone who seriously says John. And also, I'm going to argue, that girl is not a real Philly person because she put mayonnaise on her uh, cheesesteak. Who is she? Alright, so I grew up putting mayonnaise on my cheesesteaks. Yeah, and you're from fucking Boston or whatever you're from. <laughs> I'm from New Hampshire. <laughs> Don't, okay, first off, listeners... I'm not from Boston. I'm from 45 Minutes Boston. I am unapologetically said to people that I was from Boston when I thought it was okay. It's not okay. I'm not from Boston. <laughs> yeah, and my point is you didn't grow up in Philadelphia, and she's pretending like, oh, I grew up in Philadelphia, and she's slathering mayonnaise on her like she's from fucking 45 minutes away from Boston. To be fair, Jim, the producers hired her to pretend she was from Philadelphia. Oh, I'm not. I don't think. I don't think the actress was like, "I'm making a choice here, and I'm going to say this is mayonnaise." And then Ryan Coogler was like, "You know what? It's more Philadelphia." Like, no, I think that they wrote it into the script, and someone who doesn't know Philadelphia put that in the script. I also like mayonnaise on my cheesesteaks. You're both insane. Uh, I see your hat, Jack. I see. Oh your yeah, I John. can't believe I didn't comment on that. Yeah. Um. It's, they they did that and I was like, this is this is like someone read an article about Philadelphia and then tried to write a movie about Philadelphia. But all right, so I actually have a the same pin like the the logo that you have on your hat, Jack. So listeners, Jack's wearing a John hat, which only makes this way more fun of a conversation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's the Wawa logo, but with the words John, and I do I love it. So the reason I fell in love with the word John is because I started to date someone when I first moved here, and using it incorrectly was my favorite fucking thing to do. You can't use it incorrectly. That's the point of the fucking word. Using it incorrectly was your John? That was my John, Bram. No, I'd be like, look, dude, I'm just Johnning around, all right? You need to chill out. <laughs> wow, I can't believe you did it. It's a all-purpose word. You somehow made it not purposeful. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, dude, tonight, you and me, baby, we're going to John it up. <laughs> There's I I didn't realize that the only thing I hate more than someone seriously using the word John is someone who doesn't know how to use the word John. <laughs> so that became one of my favorite things in the world. So I like the word John for that reason. Uh, but go ahead. What, what's that, Jack? I was going to say, well, the, the reason it's incorrect is you're using it as a verb. And yeah. as Bianca clearly said, it's a noun. Yeah. Yes. No, but to your to go make going back to your point, Jack. Uh, I I did really appreciate that. If they're gonna bring this new Creed situation, uh, this whole other franchise, you're gonna have to snag those fans from Philadelphia. All those people are diehard Rocky fans. If you're gonna pull them into this new like kind of sub universe world, you're gonna have to give us a little bit of Philadelphia. Yeah, and you know they did it with the music too. You had the uh, you know the Roots and John Legend when he first comes to Philly. Uh, it's I. It really was, you know, and like I said, I don't think it was fan service. It was kind of authentically, you know, the city is a character in all of these movies I, to, to some degree or another. I did really like, uh, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, Tessa Thompson. I did like that uh, Bianca's music was very much uh, Philadelphia music. I've listened to, I've gone to a thousand shows like hers. I, I've, it's very good. It is a little too, like, like clear because, like, it's a soundtrack to a movie, so they have to make it clear. They have to make it sound clear. <laughs> so I guess my only complaint is, like, it didn't sound like a live track, which, oh, dang, we can't do that <laughs> in a movie. Um, but it very, I 
like I said, I've been to a thousand shows where it's just like a keyboard and a drummer and then a woman singing. And I'm like, yep, this is this is it. I've been to Johnny Brenda's where I've been to that show. I've been to the Electric Factory with where Matt and Kim are playing. <laughs> and yeah, and, and she wrote or co-wrote those songs. And the keyboardist and guitarist on stage was the composer whose name I still can't remember. Wait, wait, wait. Ludwig Gorenson? Let me look it yeah. up. Yeah, you're saying he, the actor like she she's the she's the one who wrote the songs. She co-wrote those with Ludwig Göransson and some other co-writers, oh, co- cool. co-writers, um, and Göransson specifically like worked with or listened to Philadelphia music to to try and make it authentic, uh, and then he also cameos as the because uh, she had she had a key a keyboardist slash guitarist on stage with her and a percussionist, and he was the key, keyboardist slash guitarist. Mm-hmm. I've been, like I said, I went to a thousand shows at like, uh, the Trocadera in their not the big stage but the little stage. I, that would have been perfect for that, uh, mm-hmm. for that little place that I've been in. Um, I will say though, music was good, loved it. Michael B. Jordan though, at one point, raps and it's bad. It's bad. He's not good at rapping. <laughs> he is not. He just is like a a a, uh, music, singing it, and I'm and I'm like, yeah, this is what a boxer would sound like rapping. <laughs> you're like you're just not nope very bad yeah you do you sound like you've been hit in the head a couple times i i'm okay with it though i thought it was cute i mean because once again let's let's pull back remember when rocky wrote poetry and it was very bad <sighs> yeah yeah no i'm sa- it was a very cute moment um no but i wonder i mean like how much like beat for beat are they really trying to pull from this stuff because i feel like this might be a little tiny like a little rotten treasure amongst the whole film uh where it's like i think it was intentional i don't know maybe i'm wrong i could be wrong that's a soft reboot. I thought that that poem in in uh, I guess it was, it was Rocky too, right? Because it was when she was pregnant or, or when she was in the coma, and and he read it. <laughs> yeah. um, but that that it was actually you know it was like the, the whole it was like it's it sounds bad, and then he gets to the the coda line, you know, and you know because I'll be there to catch you, you know, and then at the end line I'll be there to catch you. I'm like, oh okay, so he's he, he's writing it badly so that he can, but he's he's also somebody who knows how to write. Yeah, it's it. We said this in the episode. It was a poem. They did a great job of making a poem written by a man with very severe C- uh, CTE. Like, it was very much like you are in a coma, and I'm really bummed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, in case uh, Rachel ever goes into a uh, <laughs> into a coma, you're prepared. <laughs> To start writing her love poems. Well, she went into a coma at that part of the movie because she was so bored she fell asleep. <laughs> uh, honestly, probably the actor, uh, I would imagine she she was like, okay, these movies are not going well for me. I'm just going to take a nap. And they're like, all right, well, we'll keep rolling. Yeah, the daughter of, no, not the daughter, the sister of sister, uh, yeah. uh, Francis Ford Coppola was like, oh my God, I can't take this anymore. I'm just going to pretend to be asleep for like a month. <laughs> Whatever will I do with my career? No. What, what am I going to do after this? Nothing. What did, what did she do? After? No, she did tons of stuff after this. I don't know her yeah. from so I don't I don't know movies. That's you don't know her, you don't know her from all of the Godfather movies? So I've actually only seen the first Godfather movie and I okay. played uh the Godfather video game on the Wii. That's my relationship with the Godfather. You know the whole first big scene, the wedding? Oh, it's been so long, Jack. I just remember the cannoli. <laughs> she was the bride. 
Oh, okay. Is she the one that goes, excuse the language, by the way. Uh, is she the one that goes, never marry a wop? Is that her? No, that was, that, that was Godfather 2. Uh, that was, um, oh, God, the, the uh, John Cazale's character. What the, Fredo. That was, that was Freddy's uh, either wife or girlfriend oh. who was getting drunk and, and putting on a display at the uh, at the confirmation ceremony for for uh, Michael's son, but at the at the first at, and you know she's the one and uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola was constantly in jeopardy of being fired because of uh, the way the movie was going. Nobody they didn't the studio didn't really want him to direct anyway, and at one point they were about to send. A, they, the the dailies were not pleasing the producers uh, because it was filmed out of order and there wasn't anything exciting or violent happening and so they were sending a, a separate director uh, what what he called a violence director to come and start taking over the film and that's when he choreographed and wrote the scene of uh, of Connie and Carlo fighting in the apartment um, and uh, that so that was so you know she. That's what she's known for is that scene where her husband's trying to beat the shit out of her and she's fighting back, pulling a knife on him. There's, you know, smashing crockery and breaking mirrors and screaming at each other. Uh, and after that, the, the violence director, you know, was was a thing of the past and they let Coppola make the movie. Yeah, Kai, Talia Shire is an excellent actress. Well, it's on the list. So at some point we will be getting into it, I would imagine. Oh. Once again... I don't have to wait for stuff to be on for the podcast. I can just watch movies. So yeah, yeah. you can just watch The Godfather Three. Okay, I'm gonna do that then. I like to say this specifically that one. Um, I'm now, I'm now like, oh, I know I want to talk about The Godfather. <laughs> that's one of that that uh, that's one of my favorites. It's very good. It's, well, it's uh, a good thing you have voting power as a Patreon, <laughs> because if we ever throw it up there, you get to actually push for that. I have voting power. Do I have nomination power? Oh, no. or come on. We haven't gotten no. there yet with the Patreon. No, we don't, don't know that don't tier yet. No, you don't. You can't. This is so, so, so far, I'm like, I get to pick from, you know, whatever rotten apples you've, you've thrown into the hat. Ooh, I like that. They're rotten apples now. Yeah, so just so everybody knows, you could become a Patreon supporter. And yeah, you get to have a say in the, in the, in the podcast. But we've made it so no matter what, Jim and I are always very uh, pumped to talk about whatever we're going to be talking about. No, we're bringing we're bringing you good stuff. Jack is actually the reason why we're sitting here today. Thank you so much uh, for suggesting that we do Rocky. You were oh. the you were the one and only Patreon supporter at the time that we decided to do this franchise. That's right, and I remember it wasn't through a Patreon poll. You basically Facebook messaged me and said, <laughs> "Hey, what's up, Jack? <laughs> hey, Jack, how would you like to? We did it again too recently. <laughs> yeah, I for, I forget what the other option was, but Rocky was an obvious choice for me. Yeah. Oh, I can't even remember for the life of me, but it's been a journey. I honestly didn't think I'd survive uh, eight weeks of Sylvester Stallone, but I already had prep with handling uh, seven weeks with tremors, <laughs> so I could survive anything at this point. Yeah, it's endurance training. Oh, seriously. Yeah, and this at least has more than one good movie. It really did. Oh, yeah. Uh, I I love all of them. Uh, for uh, my own reasons, but I also know that those are silly. Like I love Rocky Four. Uh, I know it's one big montage, uh, but I love it because it just 
it zips by. It is just a movie that's just like, boom, here's your fucking movie, idiots. Uh, and you're just like, oh, it's over. Okay, Jesus. Uh, it's like a punch to the face. Uh, like 1,500 pounds per square inch punch to the face. That's, that is the whole thing. That's the guy, right? With yeah, the powers Avon, with his fists. Avon Drago. Yeah, yeah, he's got really good hands. Yeah, that's his his gimmick is his hands are cool. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about something that I thought was cool, and I don't know if any of you caught it. There was a scene where uh, Donnie was fighting to old footage, um, or like just like kind of throwing his fists and kind of punching the air to his to footage of his dad, uh, Apollo Creed. And that part, I don't know, I don't know why, but I was like, that part got me. I was like, I think that's a cool little addition to this movie. Is for me metaphorically. Michael B. Jordan was fighting, like Adonis was fighting his father. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I, I wondered about that too because the very first time he goes up to the wall, yeah, he's <clears throat> he's shadowing Rocky, which means he's punching Apollo. And the point of view switches at one point, so he's he's punching Rocky because he stays with his right shoulder to the wall, and so the point of view in the video changes, but. It does come back. And I thought the exact same thing. I thought this is, you know, this is a kid who didn't know he had a father, finds out who his father is, but his father's dead. And, you know, he, he very pointedly didn't want to take on his father's identity for quite some time in this movie. Yeah. So I, I thought that was a really cool moment at the beginning as well. I love you some daddy issues. I do. I do, too. <laughs> However, I didn't like the very first scene when uh mrs creed comes in and she's like i'm gonna take you on hey because you got a you got a famous dad and then he goes who is he what's his name and then it, the title comes up it goes creed and i was like that was stupid wait, wait we knew what, what, the name of the movie is creed we know what we're, who we're getting <laughs> i i felt like it was a magic trick that someone did and i was like oh congratulations you did it you, you title dropped the movie in a place that was appropriate. Thanks, Ryan Coogler. I'm blaming you for my sadness. So you'd be upset if, like, you know, Indiana Jones jumps onto the seaplane and the pilot says, Who the hell are you? And he says, I'm a raider of the Lost Ark. I, yeah, <laughs> I would. No, okay. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. That's the opposite of what I... I would love that, because that's stupid <laughs> as hell. I... I would have hated if they went who are you and then the title came up and said indiana jones yeah with like okay. specifically with like the little like arm movement that you just did that i don't know how to describe <laughs> like just uh, like a hoy matey kind of movement i don't even know i want i want indiana jones you? to be remade as a pirate movie where... <laughs> i'm popeye i think that's totally fair yar I want you to leave in all of that silence. <laughs> is that what our episode needs? Is more yeah. silence? I want I want a hundred percent silence there. And can could you in fact like lengthen it so it's literally five minutes and someone goes, Is the episode over? <laughs> all right do you guys want to be quiet for five minutes do you do it no no i don't have time i don't think i can make it that um jim what do you want to talk about jack what do you want to talk about 
Um, I will say this because it's been going on this entire podcast. Um, so they they bring up the dirt bikes that kids ride throughout Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, and I like that they included it because it is a bit of Philly thing. I didn't know that it wasn't in other cities. I I'll be honest. I thought that was like a regular city thing, but turns out it's just a Philadelphia thing. Hmm. Um, so I like they included that. But I don't like they included it because that encourages people to ride dirt bikes throughout the Philadelphia. And I hate it because I can hear it all the time, including throughout this literal entire episode. We didn't add that in later, uh, listeners. That's been there the whole time. People are just outside my window on their <laughs> dirt bikes, just <laughs> screaming all the time. It's just revving their engines. And sometimes they'll just be in my alleyway and be like, for a straight hour. One time they burnt rubber so much I could smell it in my apartment. Why did you do this to me, Ryan Coogler? So you could, you could, you can smell it over the scent of the onion on your belt? <laughs> Why am I an old man in this scenario? <laughs> Why am I Grandpa Simpson? I actually, I like that scene because I was, I, I really like the fact that, you know, this is what, what the Rocky series is. So they have these montages mm-hmm. and there's typically one for per film because there's one big fight. But with this, we had like the initial montage that he was training for, for the first fight. And then they had this other training montage where it's. You know, and and they're including the stuff with Rocky being sick in it, so it's got these slow moments and these fast moments. But but the thing that I liked about that specifically, and and the the dirt bikes were part of that, but it was also the music, because the music in the first half of that montage was very, um, it it had the original Robert Conti score as a touchstone. Oh, but it but it didn't. You know, it, it wasn't the score. It was. You know, it was oh, – uh, we said his name earlier, and I've already forgotten it. Ludwig uh, Gorenson. Yeah, Ludwig Gorenson, his, his composition. And then when he, when he starts his run, this, is, this, is, this to me is like, okay, this is the transition from the classic series to the new. Because we get – he's not running through the Italian market. He's running through North Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And the music doesn't stop and start but morphs into Meek Mill – and you, and he's you know instead of being accompanied by the school kids like Rocky was in Rocky Two, he's mm-hmm. accompanied by these dirt bikes. Right. And so I thought it was it, it was a, a signal moment that this was a handoff. Yeah. I mean, kudos to you, uh, Michael B. Jordan. You have like uh, like citizens uh, of like riding behind you and having blast. Rocky just got a bunch of random fucking kids that wouldn't leave him alone chasing after him. <laughs> Like, you have your city behind you. I thought it was a cool shot to be like, I think that's the thing. They're trying to say, like, your city's got your back. Like, we, that was kind of the general idea. <laughs> I, I'll be honest. I liked it in Rocky when the city got his back because I was like, cool. But in this one, I was like, you're just doing the thing from before, but, like, updated. Mm. This, is, this is cheesy. Well, it needed updating, though. And I, I thought it was cool that the, the dirt biker who was the one who said, you going to see Rocky, was the same one who who saw him earlier when the gym was locked and he said, they say you creed son. And he says, yeah. And he says, that's what's up. So it was like, that was the first, you know, city getting behind him as Adonis Creed, as opposed to Hollywood, Donnie Johnson. Right. Ugh. although I don't know why they're behind him. Uh, considering he's from LA and so is Apollo Creed. <laughs> this is like, 
if someone came to Philadelphia and beat up our uh, most beloved uh, thing. And then we were like, all right, that guy is now a Philadelphia icon. Mm. Yeah, it, Creed, Apollo beat up Rocky, but then he trained Rocky. And, you know, from then on, they were they were together. Well, until he died. <laughs> until he got punched by a Russian man so hard that he died, and then his son beat up his son. L- much like when, <laughs> in very much the reverse of a my dad's stronger than your dad kind of scenario, it was like, my son's stronger than your son. They could you beat know, each other up. I read somewhere that there was a, I, I, I don't remember if it was scripted and not filmed or filmed and not put into the movie, but there was a little bit of a fist fight uh, uh, originally in the movie. Not, not not you know not real like like part of the movie it just yeah. didn't make it into the final cut between uh, Rocky and uh, Ivan Drago. Oh yeah, no, I did hear about this. Yeah, no, I would have been upset if that happened. I'm okay that it didn't. Can I talk about the third montage in this movie too? Is it the one of him reading the paper? No, it's the montage <laughs> during the fight. <laughs> it, it's it's the, dur- during the fight with Pretty Ricky Conlon. It's oh, what yeah. I call what I call the gross montage. Uh, so it's it's like middle of the fight, and they start slowing stuff down, and it starts with a slow motion hit to Pretty Ricky Conlon's face, where blood just pours out of his face. Mm. Then we cut to the to his cut man slow motion putting a big glob of Vaseline on the back of his glove. Uh, cut to Conlon hitting Creed, who spits a shitload of blood onto the ref's shirt, uh, and then Creed's cut man is like crunching up the ice pack, getting ready. For some reason, somebody at the judges' table bangs a couple of wooden blocks together, uh, and then there's bloody spit <laughs> that's that a, hits. Uh, that's a boxing thing. I, I'm sure it is. I just I know there's a bell. I don't know what the blocks are, because the bell happened too. But there's bloody spit flying onto the ropes, then onto the mat, then into a bucket, uh, and then somebody's mopping bloody spit up off the mat. So and and it's all done in super high def slow motion that like you know the YouTube slow mo guys must have filmed for them. Ugh. Yeah, I didn't need that. I don't need that. <laughs> I mean, they're showing how. I mean, that's what these things are. All of these movies have been just unnecessarily. More, is it more brutal than it really is? No. <laughs> no. To be really? honest, it's less br- br- brutal. Oh, I don't know. I don't watch boxing. Um, yeah, yeah. How many how many heavyweight fights go the distance these days? None of them. Oh, um, I've seen a few. Uh, it's they actually tend to go the distance more nowadays because uh, ever since Floyd Mayweather uh, came into the picture, it's been very much a numbers game more than a knockout game. Like back when Mike Tyson was in the game, it was a knockout game. Mayweather's not a, a heavyweight though. I know. Um, I don't watch heavyweight that much, though. Uh, uh, I mostly watch the uh, lighter guys because I like I like those fights more. They're, uh... Well, yeah, those fights do go on longer, but the heavyweights, just just those, you know, sledgehammer punches. Yeah, yeah. They're they're two three round fights at the most usually, right? Usually, yeah. The, the heavyweight stuff doesn't tend to go the difference, but like that's kind of why they're not as much fun to watch because it's just like pop pop pop, it's done. And if you watch heavyweight mma it's horrible to watch it's just two slow guys uh trying to hit each other as hard as possible and there's no fun in it no i i mean that that to me it's probably like whenever we've seen many iterations of rocky trying to have different fighting styles i was most intrigued when it was like all right you know like the dancing you know like gotta kind of quick and move quick and move and creed kind of fights like that right like he's got to be a little Mm -hmm. bit more bouncy around uh 
I, I, he, once again, we have, uh, I like seeing the little guy. I like when he gets in the match with someone that's way bigger than him, but you can kind of bounce around and kick his ass. Well, yeah, that's, and, and I think that's a callback to the movies as well, because in Rocky II, uh, they, not only did they have him trained with speed, but that's, that's when Mickey had him, you know, tied his left arm to his body and said, you know, you're, you're, you're going to fight right-handed until, till the middle of the fighters at some point, and then you're going to switch. Yeah. Um, and so they changed that. And then, you know, in Creed 1, you're right. He's, you know, uh, Adonis has that kind of dancing, you know, light-footed style, but he's got power behind his punches. Uh, and then in Creed 2, once again, not to, you know, spoil stuff for the next podcast, but one of the things that he has him do when he's training is he puts a tire in the middle of the ring and him and his sparring partner each have to keep a foot in that tire. Yeah, it's wild. So yeah, it's, that's kind of the same thing. There's, you know, we've got to change your style to adapt to the new boxer. And I'm sure real boxers do that, but, yeah, but, they I, do. but that was, that was definitely something that's, that stood out to me as, you know, this is us doing the, the Southpaw trick. Uh, I'm curious, Jack, uh, we've talked about this on, on Ellen's episode a little bit, but have you been in any major, uh, major fights at all? Uh, no, uh, I mean, it's, I, I put that in my intro. I was in two schoolyard fights. Oh, that's right. One, Excuse me. Yes, please. Yeah. Yes. Dabble, uh, dabble into that, please. Once when I was in second grade and once when I was in, I think, seventh grade. Um, and the one in the one in second grade, it was just two little kids wailing their hands around until their mothers called for them. But I bloodied his nose and nothing happened to me. So I consider myself the winner there. And then the other fight... <laughs> Yeah, fuck you, little Timmy. <laughs> yeah, take that, idiot. So I was, I was, um, I was not a cool kid in grade school, um, and the other kids made fun of me a lot. And there was another guy who was kind of in that with me. He was closer to the cool kids, but he was still kind of on the fringes. And we rode the same bus, but we got off on different stops. And I, I don't know what happened, but at some point, either he, you know, it's. I call you out. Either he called me out or I called him out. And both of us were more than happy to chicken out and not show up at the park <laughs> for this fight. But basically, two different packs of the cool, tough kids were like, oh, no, you can take him. You can take him. And they brought us there together. And it's literally me and this guy who I won't name. He was We, we became friends in high school. Uh, I haven't kept in touch with him. Um, Let's just and call I, him Mike Tyson. And yes, <laughs> and I have nothing against him, but there was basically, it was, we stood toe to toe and it's now the other guys, you know, saying, go on, fight, go on, fight, do something, fight. Right. And he said, I'm not throwing the first punch. And I said, I'm not throwing the first punch. And he said, I'm not throwing the first punch. And so I threw the first punch. Um, and it literally, this was not a fight. This was a couple of punches traded where after each punch, the other person just kind of said, ow. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my Ow. god, that hurt. Oh my. Ow. Is your hand okay? That was really hard. <laughs> oh my. Why would you do that? And and he quit and we made an agreement that we wouldn't tell anybody about this. Oh, it's like Rocky 3. And it was yeah, exactly. It was it was the fight at the end of Rocky 3. And then um, did one of you paint a painting of like you you guys punching each other in the mouth? Let me move, let me move my camera here so you can see. <laughs> oh my god that's so cool <laughs> I know, to be fair i did not paint it i had leroy neiman come in and do it it's really <laughs> impressive jack <laughs> can i tell you can i tell you something i hate 
that in this movie, they reveal that Apollo won that fight. I agree. It, it's such a it's such a hidden little secret. It's like the note in the teapot from the office. I don't need to know. Just keep that little nugget between y'all. I have an opinion about that. Was it the same as mine? Because otherwise, I hate you. I don't. I don't think that was the answer. I think that was what Rocky said upon meeting Apollo's son, who had just asked, "How was he?" And he said, "Oh, he's the greatest fighter. There was nobody, no one better." So who won that fight? He did, of course. It's. I saw it in the the IMDb trivia in this movie. It is revealed that Apollo won the fight at, at the end. I think it's still a mystery. I think Rocky was saying something nice to this person who he probably thought he was never going to see again. He does kind of just like say shit out of his mouth without thinking about it. So yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> yeah, I believe movies when they tell me things that's the truth. A hundred percent Bible. Yeah, everything they say is the truth. And, uh, wait, wait, wait. It, it felt like so Tom Cruise can predict crime in the future. Was he precog? I thought that I thought those were robots that did <laughs> no, that. No, no, you're those. right. No, he just works for the company. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I don't know. I've never seen Vanilla Sky Kai. <laughs> I think it's I think it's called Minority Report. Yes. Oh, what movie am I thinking of? I don't know. <laughs> Vanilla Sky. <laughs> Vanilla Sky, but I, I don't know what it's about. We don't need to get into that. Uh, nobody, Jim, nobody knows what Vanilla Sky is about. <laughs> All right, cool. Um, well, I've never seen either one, so I can't tell you what happens. <laughs> you don't need to know. I'm like Jim. I get all my truth from podcasts. Okay, good. I hope most of our listeners come here for the truth, because that's what Jim and I offer each week. <laughs> I'm Everything I say is true. And you get even more truth as a patron for in patron-exclusive <laughs> episodes. So we brought you on, Jack, so we could get more Patreon uh, promotions. How's that? Is that working? Honestly? That's, yeah. We I'll gotta, pitch. We got to reverse the, uh, if you want, you want to get Scott Campbell back for how we put you on the spot? <laughs> Do you want to put Scott oh, Campbell on the spot? Oh, Do you Scott? Wanna... I thought I thought we were going to keep his, his, uh, his pledge match uh, guarantee a secret. Oh, okay, okay, right, all right, my apologies. You, you want to announce that now, that, that's, that you know, uh, Scott, who has now moved to Chicago, uh, yep. is is packing a small cardboard box mm-hmm. with with cash. Yes. And it's going to be shipped back to you. <laughs> of course. Uh, as a massive gift based on how many people sign up as patrons. It's amazing. We're doing so well. Thank you so much, everybody that's listening. It was $1 million. <laughs> it's we're now millionaires scott is an amazing human and uh my hat is off for him doing taking this this uh, fundraising so seriously no we appreciate it honestly Th- thanks scott we appreciate everything you do and will do for the future because you're going to continue to give us as much possible money as possible <laughs> as long as the patrons keep coming in and we will continue to live because of you. But if you stop, we're dead. Yeah. We are yeah. dead if you stop, Scott Campbell. If you ever if you ever if if people stop giving us money, Scott stops giving us money. And when Scott stops giving us money, we die. Do you want us to die, listeners? Do you want us to die that one guy in Ireland? 
<laughs> Jim, I think you're still worked up from Xfinity. Are you okay? <laughs> I, I can actually feel how like hot my blood is because of how because of that ordeal I had to go through. With my <laughs> like, I I was gonna wait till after the podcast to be like, hey, I'm sorry that I'm like so worked up during that episode. I don't mean anything. I'm just it. I'm like I just have hypertension. <laughs> Jim is actually fine with dirt bikes and revealing who won the fight in the end of three. He's just he's taking his anger out on all of these movie tropes. No, I. It's more like I liked this movie. Um and it might sound like I hated it, but I liked it. It was fine. I, the actual only problem I had with the movie was it felt like uh, Adonis Creed wasn't, like, fleshed out enough. And that was basically it. That was, That's my only actual complaint about the movie. Everything else is just stupid nitpicking. That's not actually a detriment to the movie. Do you want to know what, like, it just feels like... I mean, it's a hero's journey. He's a hero. It's not a great hero's journey, but it's still one. Um, it just feels like he doesn't have a character. His character is he's the son of Apollo Creed. Right. And that's what that's like everything he's got going for him. It never felt like he had any kind of specific traits. I'll say that um, my ver- the version of the movie that I watched was was iTunes. So like and iTunes has special features. There are some deleted scenes that I think were cut for time that might have addressed that uh, specifically, like things about the, the issue with taking his father's name to do that that fight, um, <clears throat> the the reason he went to Philadelphia to find Rocky uh, was was I won't say fully addressed, but basically there were some fleshed out scenes that might have made a little difference. I didn't really think it was that poorly drawn though was it was it fully fleshed out maybe not but i don't think it was i don't think he was uh you know just a you know a paper character i think there was something to him uh and and part of that i think for me is that michael b jordan is such an incredibly expressive actor uh, yep. uh that his his face told told me a lot i was gonna say the same thing i think he really does uh hold a lot in his body language and his facial expressions big time yeah, I think he's. I I I just think that that's where it ends. Like the writing of the character wasn't enough. It felt like Michael B. Jordan was like, "All right, I guess I'll do something with this." And then like he did what he could, but it, it's I I kind of always think harken back to there is a um there was a red letter media the Mister Plinkett review of the original Star Wars of uh, Star Wars Episode One, and there's a part where they go, "Tell me." Describe this character without saying what they look like or what their job is. Or And they go through all, like, the original characters were like Han Solo, and people were like, oh, he's brave. Or like, but he, but he thinks for himself. And he's, like, and he's like, he's really cool, but also he's just, like, kind of selfish. But he's, he, he does have a heart of gold. And then they were like, Queen Amidala. And then everyone was like, oh, jeez. Uh, uh, and then someone goes. I was gonna say she's got that white makeup, but that's what that's her appearance. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. And like, sometimes I think about that when I watch movies, and it felt like that with Adonis Creed, where it was like, what did he name his character? He's the son of Apollo Creed, and he doesn't want to be the son of Apollo Creed. 
but that's about it. Yeah, that felt rushed. Uh, it didn't feel like he had any motivation, or at least any motivation that felt like interesting to me. I thought the one piece of motivation that they did address in the movie, but it wasn't the mo- whole motivation for his character. It was it was the reason he didn't want to change his name, and it was really I thought well played. It was the scene where he was uh, sitting behind Bianca and you know brushing out her hair or, or braiding her hair, and he went. So it was just about his why he didn't want to take on the Creed name to take that fight. And he said, I'm afraid of taking the name and losing. Yeah. Which, Which I, is... I I thought that was, that was a little bit of a character revelation, but I agree. That's not fully fleshing him out. Right. I, that's an interesting moment for sure. I love that moment, but it just didn't feel like it. Like I think of, I think of even Rocky. It's one of the hard things to do is we are taking one of film's most classic characters, mm-hmm. Rocky. And putting him up, putting him up against a new character that's just been made up, and it's just kind of he's just kind of a generic character, and I and I know there's the thing about when you watch movies that are heroes, the hero tends to be cookie cutter, and it tends so that you kind of can paste yourself on it, but I, mm-hmm. but like, I it, it's not though like. You, there's still specifics like they always say like Goku is a perfect example of uh, of a uh, just a hero but he also has traits to him that are very specific like he's oh, he's he eats all the time and his motivations are he loves to fight like and that's it that's all he is and it's very generic but he's also very specific I want to call out one other moment though Jim because I completely forgotten about it until just now and that's at the end of the 11th round, when Rocky says he wants to stop the fight, and he says, you got nothing left to prove, and Adana says, yeah, I do. I need to prove that I wasn't a mistake. So remember, this is the son of an, uh, of an, uh, an, an, an extramarital affair who never knew his father. His mother died, and it wasn't until he was, I don't know, how old was that kid in the uh, in, who was in... The juvenile hall, no, in the juvenile hall, what was he like, you know, 10, 11, maybe? Yeah. So, so for, and, and what is he, what is he in the movie? Maybe 26, 27? Something like that. I think yeah. yeah. So for a little more, a, a little less than half of his life, he's somebody who, you know, was a, a parentless child who, you know, who, and, and I think that informed his personality. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not arguing with you 100% because I still think they could have fleshed him out more. But I think they gave him some some real character revelatory moments. And that one at, at, the, at the break between 11 and 12 what was one as well. You know, I need to prove that I wasn't a mistake. But I would argue that that's character history rather than character traits. Like it's it's the well, it's motivation. It's right. motivation. It's what's draw. It's it's his impetus through the movie that we and we don't know that's the actual impetus. We know that he's. He's Creed's son, so he wants to prove himself. Uh, we know that he's been a fighter all his life, but until that moment, we don't know that he thought of himself as a mistake. Yeah, I thought he was though. He didn't. He didn't take that drive and take it anywhere. And I felt it was very. I thought it was pretty flimsy motivations. It. It, it just. He didn't really have. A lot going for him. He, he was just kind of generic, and that that's my big complaint. 
like Jim Tremors Three was a fantastic movie. That's all I'm trying to say here. <laughs> I know, and you, like you were wrong then, and you're wrong now. I'm, just, I'm kidding. I, I, I don't think you're. I don't think you're wrong here. I think this is a. Uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? A, it's a. It's a question of nuance. I think we disagree, but I don't. I don't think you're wrong. I think our interpretations are different, and I. Yeah. I respect that. I, I respect your interpretation. Um, as do I always do. I, if I ever am insulting an interpretation of someone, I'm playing it up. I really, I really do respect everyone's interpretation. I think that they are all valid. Yeah, but it's, uh, it's even so... when I'm like, "What are you talking about? That's so stupid!" Like, no, no but I, I, I respect it. It's I, so much more fun to be like, "Idiot." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but I really do. I, I respect everyone's opinion for it. Uh, I, I may do that to like drive home my point. But like, in reality, I'll go. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I think we did this in Cre- or Rocky One. Mm-hmm. Rocky One, love that movie. Fantastic, one of my favorite movies ever. Sarah Clemency didn't like that movie, hated it, and I respect her opinion a hundred percent. Right. I think she's completely right that it's a. I thought all of her reasons were completely valid. I just, I just like the movie a lot more than her. Hey, multiple perspectives on you know the the merits of a movie is is why a podcast like this can happen. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred if, if if Donnie was just like, why are you doing this, Donnie? He's like, oh, money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I just, that's it. I just want a lot of money. <laughs> and I would have loved that. That's a very specific <laughs> motivation. Uh, I think it's about that time, Jack. We are at yes. the uh, time of leftover notes, so I want to make sure if there's anything you have uh, yet to say, I want to get it out. So let's let's all take a peek here. Uh, Jim, do you have us a buy bias time uh, topic, or do you you need me to kick it off? Um, could you kick it off? I sure. I don't have much. Oh, I came in prepared. So, can we talk about how they don't know how to fucking share headphones? Did anyone catch that? When you listen to headphones with a loved one or a friend, you have a headset, you got two little earbuds, and you're sitting next to each other. You put it in the ears that are closest to each other. I don't know why it bothered me so much, but they each put it in their outer ear and stretched <laughs> it as far away from each other as possible. Oh, but so that's that's the move so they can bring them closer and start kissing. I, oh, yes. I was going to say, it's so that it looks like a heart on screen. <laughs> I agree, Kai. I don't like that. I, I don't like that they did that. I was like, oh, wait, wait, Kai. Are you ready? I'm ready. Tessa Thompson had hearing aids. She might have had a hearing aid in that ear. That would make sense. Now, now the question is, why didn't they have them switch sides? Right. For the shot. Yeah. Yeah. Because that must have looked awkward. That's an intentional choice. Or they're like, they're both, they're like, the actors are both tired. Like, but we're already sitting down. They're like, all right, we'll let you shoot the <laughs> Fine. God damn. Like, yeah, they went through and blocked the whole scene. They were like, oh, fuck. She's got a hearing aid. We're not changing it. We're leaving it. Um, yeah, no, that that kind of makes a little bit more sense. I guess I don't need to be that mad, but it did bother me for some fucking reason. <laughs> oh, you guys, the two of you earlier on mentioned how much you loved him pretending to fight Rocky, and the number three thing in my hate section is I hate it when he thought when he was pretending to fight Rocky because <laughs> <laughs> it's that cheesy. I, it says him pretending to fight Rocky was silly. <laughs> Uh, as silly as the time he didn't know what the cloud was. 
What? Was, oh, I love that. There was a joke made where he's, uh, what is it? Jack, help me out here. It was. See, he gets, he gets Rocky to write down. The Rocky still hasn't agreed to coach him, but he gets Rocky to write down some drills for him. And instead of taking the paper, he takes a picture of it with his phone. And oh. he's like, don't you want this? I got it right here. What if your phone breaks? Oh, it's already up in the cloud. Cloud? What yeah, cloud? they just they leave the shot with him just looking at the fucking sky, so genuinely confused. He's still there to this day. Yeah, just staring. I at could him. go. Yeah, I could go down to South Philly. I could go right uh, to Eleventh. Uh, I'm supposed to say Chestnut. Eleventh and uh, Washington. I could still see him there to this day. At Victor's Cafe. Mm-hmm. Or the Victor Cafe. Um, one of the. Uh, I I didn't like. We didn't talk about this at all. Uh, I didn't like Rocky having cancer because it didn't really do anything. Nope. It just it didn't affect this movie, didn't affect the next movie. If he didn't have cancer, then we wouldn't have got to hear the wonderful line about how uh, Rocky thinks his wife got woman cancer. <laughs> the woman the woman cancer line was in Rocky Balboa. Oh, it was in yeah, Rocky was. Balboa. Okay. Yeah. Never mind. Okay. I thought that was in this one. But that's still to my still in the Rocky franchise, one of the dumbest and favorite lines in this whole fucking thing. It's so good. Oh. Rocky cooks his eggs now. Instead of just he doesn't just, he doesn't just chuck them into a glass and drinks them. He's he cooks them. He's responsible. He makes scrambled eggs. And then he danced. And then uh, Adonis Creed had to be like, why are we doing this? Why? You got to dance to Melvin in the Blue Notes. And then he's just like, all right, fucking whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Jack, what do you got for us? Uh, two quick things uh, that, that I just noticed. The first is that while clearly when they were doing the HBO 24-7 bit, they did go to Liverpool to film Pretty Ricky Conlon on site. But the fight was clearly filmed in an American arena because, number one, when they're kind of uh, doing the, the circle shot around the room where, where Creed's getting ready, uh, there's an American uh, three-prong outlet underneath the whiteboard. Uh, first, it's, I could tell what kind of outlet it was just by looking at it, but second, but it's at that level as opposed to uh, mid-wall level. Mm-hmm. Uh and as they're walking by with all the security guards in their, yes, I'm British, yellow vests, there is a red exit sign above the door as opposed to a green egress sign that you would find in Europe and England. Uh, so that just – well, it, I won't say it took me, out, took me out of it, but I did notice that. Well, I hope someone got fired for that blunder. And then the other thing was – uh, if you remember, once again, there, we're, we're in Liverpool. It's the night before the fight. Uh, Apollo, or Apollo, Adonis is sitting at the end of his bed, and Rocky knocks on his door and he comes in. And we find out later he's stalling because he wants to make sure that Bianca, you know, comes up there. But he says, after the fight, I need to ask you a favor. Can I, can I ask you a favor? Which is a clear reference to Apollo oh, in 3 yeah. saying, I, I, I need a I need a favor from you, and the favor becomes that that fight. But they allude to it multiple times through that movie. This is the first we hear of a favor, and it's the last we hear of a favor. It's not mentioned at all, and in this movie again. And spoiler alert: it doesn't come up in Creed Two. Now we gotta wait for but Creed Three. It's gonna be in Creed Three. <laughs> it might oh, be that favor. Uh, I'm sorry. Could you? Uh, 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 I just. Uh, uh, could you? Uh, 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 
and it's clearly him trying to make something up on the spot. <laughs> 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 oh, could you curtains, Jenga, miniature car? Could you hang the curtains in my miniature car? And then roll credits on Creed Three, and then maybe they'll mention it in Creed Four. <laughs> yeah, uh, next time on Creed. <laughs> And then it's just, it's that clip of him being like, I got a favor to ask you. And then Rocky's like, what? And then it's like, I need you to, bum bum bum, Rock Creed 4. <laughs> it's like, what does he want? A secret fight with with Adonis Creed? Could be. That's what I want. You know, was, was he not damaged enough in his fight with Mason the Line Dixon? I want a 90-year-old Rocky to fight <laughs> Adonis Creed. He's not far off. What was he? Sixty nine, seventy when he made this movie? Uh, or, or no? Was it was that was that Rocky Balboa where he was sixty nine or seventy and fighting? No, he was he was sixty in uh, Rocky Balboa, so he's about he's about sixty nine, seventy in this one. Okay, but that that those were the two items that I had on my hmm file. Yeah, I was gonna say I think he's seventy. Yeah, he's seventy four now. I mean. I guess it's time to hang it. I mean, he's he's happy doing his Rambo movies, so he's still going. So good for him, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know. That was the end of that thought. We didn't need to continue anything past yep. that. That's what's funny, though, is is he, he manages to look his age in these movies, and yet he does something like the Guardians of the Galaxy movie, and I'm pretty sure he's going to be in three as well, as that um, that's, uh, Stakar or Stakar Ogord. I, I never know how it's pronounced because his name is never said, but that's what it is in the comic books. Oh, um, whenever he, he shows looks, up, I go, "Oh, it's Rocky." <laughs> yeah, he looks he looks trim. He looks he, he looks like you know Rocky three, Rocky four, Rocky. Mm-hmm. You know, lean, chiseled face, and here he looks like you know mashed potato face. I mean, they I think they're they probably aged him even extra just to kind of go along with the parallel of like. Now you're the trainer. Mix mix out. So we got to make sure you look extra, extra fucking old and tired. You're you're older than Burgess Meredith right now. So well, he's actually, in this one, he's the same age. He was yeah. the same age. Yeah. yeah. In the next one, he is though. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I mean, honestly, I haven't seen Sylvester Stallone. Uh, we were supposed to have him on one of the podcast episodes, but it never ended up happening. Oh. Um, so I'm not quite sure what he looks like these days. Yeah. I hate I hate that that statement was true. What? That we tried to get him, but we couldn't. That's fine. Honestly. It didn't work out. It's okay. It's not that big of a deal. I get I it. I hope we get him. I do hope we get him for, like, um... Bring, uh, it, on, bring it on six? Yeah, that's what I... <laughs> I, I told you before, you, uh, you asked Adam Sandler on, like, Instagram or something. Yeah. And uh, you were like, I guess we gotta do, like, Adam Sandler movies if he says yes. And I was like, no. I want him to do Friday the 13th 9 or something like that. Well, what I feel embarrassed about is asking Adam Sandler to come on your podcast and then to also review uh, Adam Sandler movies. It's like, hey, you know those movies that you do that should just stopped? <laughs> <laughs> we want to talk to you about them. Has he has he done a franchise movie, though, that no, would no, fit no. your model? I mean, clearly, Airheads is in the same universe as Little Nicky. <laughs> we all it's know in the it. same universe as Die Hard, so we could always put that one in. <laughs> Airheads is? It's not really, but I, but because it, it's a parody of Die Hard. Oh, I've never put that together. Oh my god, you didn't put together that Kramer is just uh, uh, John McClane in Die Hard. 
Jack, what do you have to promote for us, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's see. So I'm not sure what week this is going to air. So this may be uh, after mm-hmm. uh, our next Daddy Issues Mirror Mirror online show. Uh, just in case it's on the third Friday of the month, but we're getting into a period where we're starting to look at, at shifting that model. So what I will say is instead of looking for that show, youtube.daddyissuesimprov.com, instagram.daddyissuesimprov.com, facebook.daddyissuesimprov.com. Follow us on media. We post funny memes. We post videos of our shows. Uh, we're delightful people. And then... Uh, I mentioned my lovely wife, Katie, so I'm going to give her a shout-out and some promo stuff. Uh, Katie is an author. She is a writer, and she has written uh, murder mystery books for adults. Uh, And she's got uh, a number of those. Yeah, she's got four. Uh, And uh, she's also written two children's books. Uh, And Kai, you'll love this. Mm -hmm. Set in the uh, shelter dog. Uh, Oov. (laughs) Oh, because of the doggy daycare. Not thing. a word that's ever gone with shelter dog. <laughs> no. Uh, and uh, they are available on Amazon. And she is Katie, K-A-T-Y, McDermott. So just do an author search for Katie McDermott on Amazon and pick up her books because she is fantastic. And I am always proud to promote her work. Hell yeah. Uh, well, thank you. I also have to thank you for something else. You're talking about all this uh, amazing social media stuff we do for daddy issues. Hey, everybody. That's mostly Jack. That's like all Jack. Jack's kicking ass. We got fun memes coming your way. Some of those are from uh, just the nonsense that's in our Slack group. Uh, but thank you for all the work you do, Jack, uh, to bring light into our improv group and just into my life in general. You're wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. I'm so... We, we, I don't know if, if the earlier part, the pre-gym part is any of that's going to make it in but we talked a little bit about kind of how we hooked up and uh the the entire time i have known both of you and been a member of daddy issues has been a delight and especially in this past horrible year has been one of the things that's kept me going great no it's uh it was really delightful to see how much uh like honestly i i I missed y'all so much and it's really delightful to be able to have uh, just such a consistency of just delightful people that I know I can be a little bit more vulnerable with, a little bit more silly with. Uh, so thanks for playing in the playground with me, Jack. I like oh, being yeah. stupid, and it's a delightful uh, shared space, I will say that. Jim, you're all any, right. Any day, any time. <laughs> you're all right, Jim. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, so next week we're going to be back to discuss uh, Creed 2 with our dear friend Jess Snow. Uh, we're going to see where this journey takes us. I already know. Uh, Jim, do you know what happens? Um, yes. It's going to be more Russian stuff. Uh, <laughs> come on back next week. We're going to get into it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. You take care, Jack. You're the best. Thanks, everyone. I can't wait to listen to what happened in this episode. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure. And on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure. And on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to patreon.com slash Rotten Treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Perfect. <laughs>